Hello and welcome to the cane violation. Today, we have not just one cane, but two canes. I'm here with my cousin, Alex Kane. Alex, what's going on, man? Not much, Sam. How you doing, kid? Uh, fuck the Celtics, bro. Yeah, dude. This this is brutal. This has just been a nightmare of a season. Um, I'd say, like, about a month ago, it was kind of reminding me of the final Kyrie Irving, Al Horford season, where we were just so, like, inconsistent, like, week yep. to week. But we we see much worse than that team now. I I can't recall really the last time we were under five hundred this late in a season. I think it was probably Marcus Smart's rookie year, which was Brad Stevens' second year coaching. I actually just saw this. It was seven years ago. Yeah. So okay. it was it was pre Marcus. Just I think it, that might have been the year before Marcus. Oh, so it was the year we were. So tanking. Steven's first year. <laughs> yep, yeah. Steven's yep. first year. Dude, it's it's this is really hard to watch, and it's weird because we still have a lot of the same guys from last year. I know Marcus has been out for a while, but he's back now. And was it a three-game losing streak right now that we're on? Yep. Yeah. Yep, and he's back, and he's struggling already, Yeah, which totally sucks, dude. Yeah, we just lost to the Kings, he, we lost to the Cavs before that. Ugh. And he just had that comment that really, like, I had some 2018 PTSD when he said the team just isn't having fun right now. That's, Ooh. like, exactly what they were saying three years ago when it was that chaos year. Yeah. So, not ideal. Yeah. Uh, especially I, coming from the team leader. You can really tell they're they're not having like it doesn't look like they're having fun playing together. No, the team makes no, no sense. There's no like on court chemistry. Doesn't seem like there's any off court chemistry. It just it, it couldn't be going any worse. Really, really can't. And what I've been noticing now, I heard this like uh, this is probably a few weeks ago. It was actually uh, Scalabrini was on a podcast and he mentioned this stat and it made so much sense but i don't know if it's been adjusted now i don't even know how to find this stat but the celtics were last place in hockey assists in the league yeah which yeah he kept reiterating that on the air too yeah it 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 makes sense because we're we're not playing great defense so we're playing a lot of half court offense and you know, we'll make a couple passes here and there, but the ball is just—it's—it's uh, it's not moving around enough. It's no, nope. it's uh, a lot of ISO, which I mean, if that's the way you want to play, then you really gotta make sure your defense is much better. I think we're twelfth in the league right now in offense, which I was actually kind of shocked by. I thought we'd be. <laughs> much worse than that but our defense i think we're either 21st or 22nd and it just doesn't really work it's like you either got to be like uh the portland trailblazers where you're like really good offense and you just don't care about defense or uh you know just play really good defense yeah there's no identity I think is a, a good way. There's like we used to have the defensive identity back in the early Stevens years, and even a couple of years ago, that was like we were the best defensive team in the league every year. But now we're basically 
our identity is just isolation offense and hopefully Tatum and Brown can just outscore the other two best players on the other team and that's basically all we're counting on because Kemba isn't really bringing much to the table on offense or defense or playmaking so there's really not much there other than Jalen and Tatum creating their own shots you know someone brought this up online and I I I never really realized it before but Jalen and Jason don't really seem to have much chemistry on the court. It seems like it's either one of them, you know, doing an isolation play. Like, they don't have, like, that that game that, like, Pierce and KG had where they were, like, always, like, looking out for each other, seeing who's open and everything. So that that's a little concerning, but... Um, yeah, that's a great point. It's like the famous LeBron and Wade uh, picture when Wade throws up LeBron that alley oop, and you know that picture I'm talking about where it's like Wade like spreading the arms and doing like the the airplane celebration. LeBron's <laughs> just taking off in the air, dunking it, and like that picture just encapsulates like the chemistry that they had and that team had. And you would just never even consider that with Tatum and Brown. Like that would never happen. That type of pair. No, which but is hopefully that changes. Bad. They're still young, but I just I, you, you really can't see it. They both do seem kind of redundant. They just like to isolate and have their one-on-one mid-range game going. Yeah, yeah, I think they're gonna be playing together for many more years. I feel like we're not we're not gonna get rid of either of them. They're under contract for a while, um, so I think that can be fixed. Um, and they they seem to get along off the court there's nothing that really says that they don't they seem to do stuff together but uh yeah on the court it just needs to get a little better yeah they definitely seem to like each other but they tatum particularly just doesn't strike me as a leader type they asked him after the game what he can do a few nights ago they asked him what he could do to be a better leader and he said he doesn't really lead you know with he, he leads by example. He doesn't he doesn't really, you know, get on anyone or anything like that. He just hopes that everyone else can kind of play to his level because he likes to just lead by example, which I thought was a pretty bad answer. I think he could have said, you know, I need to own it a little more and hold guys accountable. But he doesn't seem like he doesn't really care about that role at all. Yeah, that that is true. It seems like there's times where the uh, the passion is really lacking on the court. Like he's a little too cool for school sometimes, and like the only yep. times that I'll see him like really matter anything is at the refs. He he really like he complains to the refs a lot. I feel like all the time. If something doesn't go his way, he'll turn around and yell at the ref. And meanwhile, everyone else is scrambling to run back on defense, and he's the last one back on D, still yelling at the ref, fixing his, his armband. It's really frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it's just a maturity thing. I mean, he's still pretty young. He's like 22 or something like that. Maybe 23. Still 19. Yeah. Yeah. He's 19. He's <laughs> <laughs> been 19 for the past five years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's the thing. They are still so young, so it's kind of unfair to expect more of them at this point, but They've brought us to the Eastern Conference Finals, like, majority of their career so far. So it's, you know, they're kind of, we kind of expect a lot from them already. Yeah, there's a lot of high expectations with them. That's that's what happens when you set the bar so high early. 
But they need they need some sort of playmaking around them to really flourish. They they're not the the playmakers, you know, they're the scorers and we can't it just with I want to get into this with Kemba. I just think he is the worst possible point guard to pair with them and it's I feel bad harping on Kemba so much just because he seems like such a nice guy and whatever and you know but he really is playing awful and it's it really does bring the team down that he can't really play make for anyone I mean he averages what like 0.1 more assists than Tatum and it doesn't even seem like Tatum ever passes so it's you know it's not to not bring defense playmaking or really scoring to the table he averages 17 points a game it's just like I don't really know what he's bringing to the table that's like that's like a that's what you would get from the third best player on a 500 team, which is exactly what we are. And unless he starts to play better, then we just have no chance in the playoffs. Yeah, it, it's one thing when Kemba was putting up like uh, in the high 20s each night, like scoring nearly 30. But now he, he's only averaging 17 a game. So yeah, he's more likely to score single digits than 30. Yeah, so it's kind of like. Uh, you know, Isaiah Thomas in some ways, although Isaiah Thomas probably wouldn't average 17 right now. Um, no, it really, it really is like that. But from what I remember from those IT years was that he was such, he was a bigger threat at the rim and Kemba just isn't really a threat at the rim at all. And it doesn't really open anything else up for anyone on the perimeter because he just gets his shot blocked at the rim a hundred times a game. IT was also a much better playmaker. And he was much better beating his man and taking it to the hole and either kicking it out or finishing a tough and one layup. It, it's just the defense is similar, but the offense, I remember IT being a lot more efficient, I guess, is the right way to put it. Oh, totally. Like, pre-injury IT, that was, like, that was incredible stuff. Like, I really miss those years now. Oh, those years were incredible. That team brought it every single night. Yeah, the 16-17 the 17 season, that was great. That was the best. There's only two guys left from that season on the team. It's Smart and young Jalen Brown. Basically. Yeah, and yeah, he was just he was more of just like a seventh, eighth man on that team. He wasn't really too, you know, involved, especially like you know, now. I mean, he's the probably the in my opinion, the best player in the team yeah. on both ends of the floor. But Definitely. back then he was nothing. And Marcus was also, you know, he was just a younger kind of defensive-minded point guard. The all those stalwarts from that team are gone, and it's funny how that we got rid of all those guys, and then the guys we ended up with, we ended up being a lot worse now. Yeah. So I I counted. Um, now this isn't even including Tatum. He's technically on his rookie contract still, but you know he got extended. We have yeah. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys on their rookie contracts right now. And only a couple of them really seem to be bringing it. So we got Semi Ojale, Romeo Langford, Aaron Neesmith, Grant Williams, Carson Edwards, Peyton Pritchard, Robert Williams, and Javante Green. So that's that's a lot of uh It's a lot of junk. A lot of young guys on the team. And I'd say too many. Only, only two of them are really, you know, seem promising. And I'd say it's Robert Williams and Peyton Pritchard. Yep. Yeah, Peyton Pritchard has proven to be a great backup point guard. And Robert Williams, 
I think could be a starting center on most teams in the league. I mean, his PER is seven points better than anyone else on the Celtics, and he only plays like 17 minutes a night, and he's still going out and getting, you know, lately, he's been getting his 18 points and 12 rebounds and four blocks, and, you know, he's been, I think, the best player on the team the last couple weeks. Yeah, his Robert Williams numbers are uh, definitely eye-popping, but, like, looking at some, like, film a little bit, um, I did notice he does kind of loses man a lot on defense and he's not the best at switching um so that's kind of that's kind of where uh i can see i can see why stevens isn't playing him like uh as many minutes but even so i don't know i think they should just avoid doing switches because robert williams gets switched on to guards a lot it happened at the end of the the king's game there was a couple times where he was getting switched on to De'Aaron Fox, and Fox was just nailing mid-rangers right in front of him. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he's a good perimeter shot blocker, but that just shouldn't happen. He should be protecting the rim at all times. Yeah. They really got to yeah, – I, I, I don't like the switching defense either. It frustrates me because yeah. we always have, like, two guys on the floor that other teams can target, and it usually doesn't work in our favor. I said this on the last episode of my podcast, but I can't understand why teams aren't protecting uh, the three-point line more. Like I, w- I would just hang out there with 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 uh, the shooters. I wouldn't even try and double anyone who's driving to uh, to the rim or anything like that. I, I, it just shocks me how many wide-open threes there is in the league now and. It kept happening in the Cavs game. Colin Sexton yes. just kept getting all these wide open three point shots, and he's like, "Just pay it. Uh, stay on him." <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my! It was brutal. I, I don't know how that happens. I really don't understand how yeah. guys get open, especially against the Celtics, all the time. It's yeah. It's like all the time against us. It's like those are the guys you should be paying attention to. Like if they if they nail mid rangers, if they bring it to the rim. If they can beat Robert Williams, more credit to them. But, like, getting hot behind the three-point line, that's how, like, teams go on runs and everything. Like, got to protect Yeah, it that. seems to be a trend at the end of games against the Celtics where they have, you know, they blow defensive assignments and all of a sudden there's a guy wide open in the corner for an easy three that puts the team up five points and kind of, you know, knocks us out of it. I feel like that's a continuing trend that they can't, they just can't lock anyone down at the end of games, and I think they're the worst clutch team in the league right now, stats-wise. I think they've lost the most clutch games, which is what, like, within five points with, like, a minute left or something? Yeah. And that's that that just, you know, a bad defensive team, that's, that's what will happen to a team like that, so... Yeah, that's what literally happened in the last two games. The Cavs game, we, you're only down four with... Four minutes left, I think it was, and then, you know. Yeah, they clawed all the way back, and then just let them blow the doors off again. I think they won by what, like eleven? Yeah, yeah. The final score. Yeah, they had like over ten more points than the Celtics. No yeah. bench. No, there's really like the bench is can like, another problem that I just don't understand how we ended up with. I just don't get how we're not winning games more, but then I look at the bench and I'm like, oh, yep, that that makes sense because for 20 minutes a night we have to put in guys that shouldn't even 
be in any NBA rotation. All right. Well, I think we can agree that Robert Williams and Peyton Pritchard are keepers, but definitely let let's Sammy Ojale, Romeo Langford, Aaron Neesmith, Grant Williams, Carson Edwards, Javante Green. Out of those six guys, which which two would you keep in that group? I like Semi or Shemi because I feel like he can play a role as you know a bench kind of tweener. He he can play big. He can guard like a Giannis type. Can guard. Well, no one can guard LeBron, but just that type of like physical presence, he can kind of man up a little better than most. And whew, I like Langford's defense, but he just he's never healthy. You know, I feel like he's had the thumb injury for two years now. It feels like he's never gonna play. I, so I don't really. I, I think out of all those guys, I think those two. I don't want Grant Williams ever playing again for the Celtics. I am so sick of him. He just looks like a mismatch. In a bad way. Yeah, he's just he just looks awkward out there. He has an awkward body, yeah. and he, it's so awkward. He's not a big guy. He's not a like a he can't guard guards. He can't guard bigs. All he can do is guard like a physical like six five to six eight guy kind of, and then that's it. Yeah, like he had some moments last year, but this year it, major drop off. Like. Uh yeah, if we if we traded him this week, I would not care. <laughs> him, mm-hmm. I, I'm done with Carson Edwards. I know it's kind of cool when he comes in and hits a uh, a couple quick threes, but it's just it doesn't happen enough for me, and I I don't think he can he can play any defense whatsoever. Uh, no, and I don't think you even mentioned uh, Traymont Waters, right? Yeah, I left off the the two way guys, so Taco Fall and Traymont Waters. I don't know what we're gonna do with them. I mean, they can't be two way players next year because you can only be a two way player for two years. So I don't have any idea whether we're gonna keep them or not. No, Traymont is a lobster for life. He maxes <laughs> out on the red claws. He's maybe a six man on the red claws, but Taco is like low-key kind of efficient when he goes in. I know it's always in garbage time, so it doesn't really matter, but I don't know. They should really they should bring him up and test him out a little bit. Yeah, give Kick him, the tires on him. Give, give, him a sh- give him more of a shot. I mean, he's also a fan favorite. That, that might be a reason why they keep him around. Um. <laughs> that would be so Celtics. You just keep <laughs> the guy around just because people like chanting his name with a minute <laughs> left and we're up 20. Yeah, it's like Scalabrini all over again. <laughs> yeah, but at seven, like he's seven seven, right? right? Like uh, you can make use of a guy like that. No. Boban role, you know, like on the Mavs, where he doesn't play every game, but some games he'll come in, and, you know, really be a difference maker. I don't think anyone will want to really take it up at him. You know, I think if you just put him in the paint and kind of play some kind of zone defense, I think he could be really effective. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see, we keep him around. Uh, what about what about Neesmith? What do you think of him? Uh, his shot just looks busted. But that's he why is we drafted like, him too. For yeah, his shot. It's <laughs> I know it's funny that like I've I think I've said this a couple times. Like the it's funny how what we expected from him was just like a knockdown shooter, like a Kyle Korver type, or like something like that that would just come in and get like he, he'd be a heat check guy off the bench. He would come in and hit a couple threes, and then you know be just efficient that way but it turns out he can't shoot 
he can't dribble, can't really do anything other than play defense. He's pretty good at defense, and he's pretty good at hustling, and he can grab rebounds. So it's frustrating that he can't shoot because he has like the makings of a good player, but <laughs> that shot just looks so bust. It doesn't even look close half the time, you know? It, they need to check the rims after every single shot he takes. And there's a guy who looks better than him who we also drafted but traded, and that's Desmond Bain. Yeah, on the, for nothing. On the we traded him for absolutely nothing. I think it was like a cap casualty, right? Like they couldn't, they they just couldn't fit him on the team. Yeah, there there are too many too many players. You know, they they should have just waived Carson Edwards and taken Bain, if you ask me. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, Danny has made. I, I bet we'll talk about Danny soon, but he's just made so many questionable decisions. I mean. The ghost of Gershon Yabaselli still haunts me. Oh, yeah, we're still paying. There's so many guys that just are in and out, in and out, don't play. We've had like 15 draft picks in the last nine years that just completely busted. Yeah, yeah, the R.J. Hunters, the uh, James Young, of course, gone. Not even in the league anymore. Uh, yeah, that's the thing. Like sometimes you would just expect those guys, to, like guys like that, to go elsewhere and like succeed. Maybe it just didn't work in Boston, but those guys end up like not even in Europe. They end up selling insurance. <laughs> Pretty much, that's what it seems like. Um, all right, so we have the trade deadline coming up, and uh, we're in like every rumor right now because we have that big fat trade exception. I don't even think we can use the whole thing because uh, we're hard capped. Yep. Um, with uh, signing Tristan Thompson, so we would need to get off Tristan Thompson in order to use the uh, the twenty eight million dollar. I think that's the exception amount. But um, all right, there there's four names I'm hearing a lot with the Celtics connected to the Celtics, and if there's another one, you can you can add them. But I'm hearing Harrison Barnes, John Collins, been hearing Larry Nance Jr. a little bit, and Aaron Gordon. Out of those four guys, which one would uh, would you give up like uh, multiple first round picks for? Hmm. To be honest, I like the idea of like a Nance or an Aaron Gordon. I think the team could use some athleticism like that that can bring some three point shooting to the mix too. You know, I just trying to think of guys that would make sense with. Tatum and Brown because that's basically what you need going forward and a kind of a you know a stretch big but also athletic I feel like that makes a lot of sense paired up with those guys we don't really have that right now yeah and Nance is under contract for I think two more years it's pretty cheap it's around 11 million dollars and I think it actually uh, declines each year so that's that's a pretty cheap contract. Good guy to have. I think Aaron Gordon has one more year after this on his deal. Also, declining only sixteen million. So, not bad. Um, what about you? What do you think? Um, I I I would be interested in John Collins. Um, I know his his uh, defense isn't the greatest, but um. You know, he's he's around Tatum's age. They were both drafted the same year. Um, great offensive player. I, I don't know if Atlanta's going to give him up, though, because he's actually playing all right next to Capella right now. Yeah, he makes more sense as the four. You know, I don't think he can play center. 
Yeah, that's what it seems like. Uh, a lot of people were questioning whether that was going to work out or not, but uh, it it is. Yeah, him and him and Capella. I, it's a matter of where the Hawks are going to want to pay him or not. Who knows? We'll see. But I've definitely been hearing the Harrison Barn rumors, um, and I'm not. He's he seems like the best option, but that almost seems like a pipe dream. He he's too good to. We'd have to give up a lot to get him. And also, I don't really know how he fits with Taven Brown. Yeah, it seems a little redundant. Like they're Yeah, like you, you need someone a little bit bigger than that who can still guard wings but also guard big guys. I'm not totally sure he can do that anymore. Yeah. No, I definitely, definitely agree with that. But, one. yeah, he's the best player out of that batch for sure. Yeah, is is there anyone else you uh, you think? My dream would be Lonzo Ball. I think he would be absolutely perfect with Tatum and Brown. You have size, speed. He can shoot the three. He can play make. He only wants to play make. He doesn't really want to score, and he's one of the most flexible point guard defenders in the league. And if you compare him with you can have a lineup with Ball, Smart, Tatum, Brown, and then you know pick your big Rob Williams, preferably in the last two minutes. That's a damn good and athletic defensive lineup, and you don't really have any switch casualties there. You can kind of go anyone on anyone at that point. But in that situation, I would have to give up Kemba, which who I think actually made, I saw this, I read this on I think it was um, Hardcourt Houdini maybe had this, but Kemba actually makes a lot of sense for the Pelicans in a weird way if they want to have zion be more of the you know bring the ball up the court playmaker guy you can kind of have kemba off the ball a little more i think he makes a lot more sense on a team like that or even like the mavericks where you have a point guard and he can kind of be an off ball point guard yeah no that that would be good i mean ball also same draft as tatum he was drafted right before tatum you know they're kind of around the same age i think that would that would be really that really cool to have three of them. Just any playmaker. That's what I want more than even a big. I would say because our bigs are, are you know that we it, it's been a weakness for a couple of years now. But with the emergence of Rob Williams, I'd rather bring in an actual playmaker who can even if it's off the bench and you keep Kemba, just someone who can kind of initiate offense a little bit and hit threes when asked, or you know, just be able to dribble around and do something like. Like a Will Barton, some some just someone like that who can handle it. Like I feel like all of our bench players, other than Pritchard, can't handle the ball. Like I don't, I really don't know one guy who comes off the bench who can handle the rock, other than Smart or Pritchard. It's uh, it's pretty bad, and we really need to get Ridge FT. Like I cannot watch that guy on the court. No, anymore. I don't even, I don't even want to talk about him. He just, he brings nothing to the table. No. He's he's so far gone. I it seems like Stevens really likes him. I think he likes the college version of Jeff Teague. Like, <laughs> became enamored with him, but like you gotta accept that he's he's so far removed from being that guy at this point. Yeah, it seems like they were watching like 2014 Hawks highlights in the off season when they like decided to sign him. Because last year, I don't think he was that good, and I don't really know what they saw that they thought they could get out of him. But the lineup, I mean, we again in that Nets game with I think it was like four minutes left. Stevens threw in that lineup that was Teague, Pritchard, Brown, Grant, 
in Tristan. And it was a tie game at that point. And we immediately went down 10 in like a minute. It was like not even close. And that basically lost the game for us. And if we don't have a lineup like that that we could throw in to keep the starters rested for like, you know, that middle stretch of the fourth quarter to get them ready for the final stretch, then we're just not going to win any games because of guys like Teague. Right. Yeah, it's you can't have them playing at the end of games. You shouldn't even have them in the game in general. Like this, no, it's ridiculous. So we got to get off him. Would you want to get rid of Tristan Thompson? Are you kind of over him? Or um, or it's tough. I'm not nice over weapon? him. Okay. Yeah, I, I I like having him. I think he you know he serves a part purpose as like a go to rebounder. He's he's pretty good at scoring in the paint. He doesn't really add much else though i mean he's not the best he's a decent defender not the best defender from you know what i've seen this year in the past i know he was a much better defender but um the rebounding really is important to me i i think that adds a lot of value but if you can get something for him then i'm not gonna you know be upset if we lose him he's so i'm kind of in between on that i don't want him gone but if it take if it takes losing him to bring in you know someone else who can add a little more then i'd be down for that yeah I mean, he's not doing as much as he used to, but every time he'd get a rebound, like he'd just want to try and score on his man. When like I don't know, it, there there are other guys open. He doesn't have the best court awareness, the best court vision with passing. No, ball yeah, like he's after a rebound. Absolutely not. But he is a fantastic rebounder, especially offensive rebounding. Yeah. Which, is great, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really help us that much. Yeah, it's been weird. But it's funny. Offensive rebounding these past two years with Cantor and Thompson. <laughs> yeah, that's it's funny how like we responded like those rebounding like rebound the rebounding like two three four years ago was just so bad and it always killed us in the playoffs, and we answer with Cantor and Thompson and both probably aren't going to work out because you know they don't really do much else other than get rebounds and score in the paint so. And Cantor was really bad on defense. Yeah. But it seems like Thompson is just he's kind of like a step up from Cantor, but Cantor's having a really good year, so it's it's frustrating that like it seems this seems always to happen to us. We lose, you know, Rozier and a couple of years ago he ends up being one of the probably the best player on the Hornets, other than, you know, LaMelo and Gordon, who are having great years too, but then also losing Gordon is oh, I don't even it just it's so frustrating that we don't have him anymore i really don't understand we could use him so bad right now what what's your gut feeling do you think danny's going to use the trade exception this week or do you think he's going to wait till the off season i think he waits till the off season i think he does too i i, I hope they turtle a little bit and just kind of you know get through the season like just like the Patriots season where like actually I haven't even thought about this but exactly like that where you just kind of turtle you just try to forget about it you get through it because you have to get through it hopefully the season ends early you know hopefully we even miss the playoffs and I know that sounds kind of dumb but you know maybe get a maybe get a better draft position there's a lot of good you know there's a lot of interesting college players that I've seen in the tournament so far that you know they wouldn't be like day one starters, but they're at least like effective role players. And you kind of do what the Patriots did where you use that exception on a real player. You make a lot of moves. You like really shake up the roster and you have a whole off season to kind of get acclimated with that. And you come in next year with a, you know, brand new team, so to speak. 
Yeah. And I think that's the best option, but I know that that's not, that's not what's going to happen. We're going to make the playoffs and lose in the first round and <laughs> run it back next year, and it'll be the same exact thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, what do you think? I, well, I was going to ask you, do you think we should tank? And uh, that, that kind of answers that. Um, I yeah. think we should. I really think that would be not a bad idea. As, yeah. as weird as that sounds. I know it's it's I guess it's a hard sell to Jalen and Jason and Smart and them, but it it really does seem like the best course of action right now. Like we're we're in the eighth seed right now, like twenty and twenty one, something like that. There's yeah. uh, the teams behind us really want to make the playoffs, like uh, Chicago, um, Indiana, uh, Washington, yeah, Indiana, like that. Yeah, Indiana. Their their whole goal is to like uh, make the playoffs each year. They don't even care if they make it past the second round. So. Yeah, the Celtics are in real danger of missing the playoffs. I'm looking at the standings right now, that's like not even inconceivable. Yeah. So I mean, they go on another losing streak, and the Pacers win a couple of games. All you, all of a sudden, we're the ninth seed. Yeah, we're we're in the play-in tournament, baby. <laughs> yeah, play in tournament. Get me right. Get me right out of that. I might not even watch that game. <laughs> the, the killer though has been like, like the the like five years ago, six years ago. Remember, like we were battling for the eight seed that year, but it was so much fun. Like that team brought it every single night. Like these games this year, I don't even like watching. Like they're, it's just not even fun basketball to watch. Like the the defense is terrible. There's no ball movement. It's just hopefully Kemba, Tatum, and Brown can hit shots, and that's basically that's basically it. And one of the three always sucks. There's there's not even I don't think we've had a game where all three have been good. No, yeah. And it's just it's it's really frustrating to kind of watch it ping pong between who's gonna like have points and who's not gonna have points. Is Kemba back? Is 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 he looking healthy? No, he's not. He's actually just gonna score twelve points on twenty shots again. It's really frustrating. Yeah, no, it, it's it's been a horrible season to watch. It's, it really makes me queasy. Just what would, what would be your best course of action? Like either to use the trade right now, who would you want, or who would you want in the off season? If we were gonna kind of just say we just stay the eight seed, we lose in the first round, keep this team. What what would you want to do from there on? Um, I think. You really have to have your eye on, like, um, the future disgruntled stars that are going to be agree. out there. So I think you need to be flexible, and that's why I, 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 I would definitely wait till the off season to see, um, you know, who's going to be available to use with that trade exception. Because this year it's it's like we're not getting past the Nets, we're not getting past the Bucks. They've got PJ Tucker now. The Sixers look really good. They're probably gonna make another move uh, this week. Uh, who knows? They might get Kyle Lowry. So it's kind of like just you know sell off some guys now. Like if Daniel Tice can get me like a, a decent second round pick or like. Even a late first rounder—that's probably wishful thinking. But um, I, I, I would do it if uh, if you can get off Grant Williams as well. Just try and get some picks. Um, there, there was an idea floating around how to um, extend 
this trade exception, and it would be to use it on Al Horford. So his fat contract basically is something you can use next season as well as the season after if um, you need salary to match like uh, getting a star player or something like that. It's funny because I think Al is a trader scumbag, but I would take him back in a second. <laughs> I, I thought he was a really he was really good on the Celtics. They, I thought he was a little underrated towards the end. He kind of you know got blamed for a lot, but he was really fantastic for a lot of those playoff runs. And he would make clutch plays. He would guard the bigs. He was an excellent defender. He, he I like I like the. The offense where you give it to him at the top of the key, and he's the kind of the offensive initiator. I, I really like him. I, I I would love to have him back, even though he's a lot older and less effective now. Yeah, um, he's having a decent year in Oklahoma City. It's not terrible. I, I, there's no one else on that team, so, and I know the teams playing Oklahoma are probably not trying as hard. Even though they they actually have a similar record to us, believe it or not. Yeah, it's really sad. Yeah, it's really what sad. What the hell, man? And it's funny because you were like saying that, and I was just about to say like I would take their roster. Well, yeah, well you can't. It's hard to play that game because you know Tatum and Brown are so good. But you know, if you disregard them, I mean, their roster is actually like pretty. It's bad, but it's. There are a lot of intriguing young guys, and we just—I just miss having a team with intriguing young guys. Like where they could turn into something, yeah. like a Shy Gilgis or even like a Lugens Dort, just guys like that that you don't know what they're going to be, and they have flashes every once in a while, and it's exciting. We just have zero flashes from anyone. Yeah, no, it doesn't seem like any of our rookies. I mean, Pritchard and and Williams. That's that's really it. They, they have some flashes here and there, but, you know, we have, like, five other guys on their rookie deals who really aren't doing much. I guess uh, Jason Tatum is really close with Javante Green, and that's a big reason why Danny's kept him on the roster, even though he <laughs> he, he will have some moments here. He'll have a nice dunk here and there, but... Yeah, he's yeah he's good at dunking, but <laughs> I don't th- I don't think he does anything else. <laughs> yeah. He's basically just average everything else. He just only is really good at dunking. Yeah, really would have been a fun guy to have in the dunk contest, actually. Yeah, why? And I was hope- I don't know why like or Rob Williams, you know, get Rob Williams in that freaking thing. He probably wins easy. Wasn't it like Cassius Stanley who won this year or something like? that? Yeah, yeah. I don't even I forget who the other guys even were. Yeah, I, I didn't even watch the All Star game. I just didn't really care. I don't. Know. It was it was stupid. It was you get more effort in that game from Tatum and Brown than you have in the last couple of weeks, though, for sure. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Uh, it's yeah. like Kem- Kemba last year played, or yeah, last season played like what 40 minutes in the All Star game, busted up his knee, and hasn't been the same since. No, he hasn't. So I don't know. I guess just keep sitting him back-to-backs and uh you know if, if tatum and brown have uh, a little nagging injury hey we should we should make sure they rest up we should make sure they heal don't want anything bad to happen let's let's just uh let's just uh let our guys rest 
Yeah. Yeah. Throw around some DNP back spasms, you know, <laughs> or just just some just games where they're all just in street clothes, you know, cheering for the the other terrible players to try to get some W's, even though that won't happen ever. Yeah. Let's uh, let's figure out what young guys we actually want to keep. Really, let them play. I don't know if I would like. There's like, <laughs> honestly, would you like really be upset if we lost anyone? Like. On the whole team, if like maybe Marcus or like even Rob Williams, I know Tatum and Brown are special players, but like at the same time, like I wouldn't be like devastated if we traded them for something, you know? It's like there's really no untouchable in my mind right now. I'd be sad about Marcus. I've I've definitely gotten attached to him. Um, yeah, although he's not playing that great right now, and sometimes he's making me scream with some of the three-point shots that he takes oh the end of that seconds in the shot clock the the end of that jazz game oh my god when he bricked the three goes back the other end goes under a screen to allow mitchell to have a wide open three to extend the lead and then comes back in the other end and shoots a quick three and completely clanks it off like the backboard and it was and the game was over so Basically, he, he makes a lot of winning plays, but he also does have a lot of games where he just, like, loses the game for us. It's it's a very weird dichotomy. Yeah. Yeah, longest tenured player at this point. It's crazy. Yeah, that shouldn't have happened. I, I don't, I'm not happy with Danny allowing that to happen where we just... I would love to, you know, like, with Rozier especially, like, why not just re-sign him, you know? Like, build... It, I know they wanted Kemba and... At the time, Rozier was having a lot of problems, I think, with uh, you know how he was used that year and wanted a bigger role or whatever. But he was going to be the starting point guard. We were losing Kyrie, and he's ha- his salary is half of Kemba's. I, I just really don't understand why you wouldn't invest in guys that you drafted and that you know can win in big moments. It it just really doesn't make sense to me why Danny did what he did. We we lost a lot of like the con- the you know the, a lot of the guys that we were consistent with and had success with and were growing with and he kind of opted towards you know hired guns that on like year contracts and then like throwing all the money at Kemba who you know is not worth that money at all no not at this stage in his career Uh, I think that was more of like trying to win the the PR thing you know with losing Kyrie and Horford it's like oh look we got another all-star to replace him. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, probably probably actually did have a big role in that because I, I mean you, it, I think I've looked it up. I'm pretty sure you could have had Randall and Rozier, for and then combine that uh, combine their salaries and it's still less than Kemba's. Oh yeah. So just all all the options that we kind of just you know went against that year is really frustrating. Yeah. That was that that season and that off season really did kind of just end it for us yeah that really did hurt us even though we did make the eastern conference finals last year (laughs) yeah but uh, we knew we weren't gonna get past lebron i feel like well i've been doing two teams every episode that's why i'm kind of lumping the nets into this um but we can do them pretty quick i mean the whole the whole point of the show is why teams are not gonna win the championship but (laughs) It's kind of hard to make that case <laughs> against the Nets. Um, have Have you uh, watched any of their games? They're kind of interesting to watch at times, even though I 
hate the players on their team. Yeah, I that that's the thing. Like I've watched a bunch of their games, but it's really I hate Kyrie. I don't I'm not a big Harden guy and Durant hasn't been playing, but I'm also not that big of a fan of his. I think he's kind of a douche. So it's it's really annoying to watch. And but it's also obnoxious that these role players that they just you know got you know kind of like Bruce Brown. I think they got for like a second round pick. Like a lot of these guys, they just kind of and obviously Blake Griffin hasn't played yet. I don't think, but um, just a lot of these guys they've picked up. It's just really annoying that how much the stars influence like guys you can get you know and guys you can't get and just watching Kyrie succeed has just been really uh really terrible yeah it's like they they pick up Tyler Johnson from the street uh Timothy Lawu Cabarro however you say his name he he has some moments Bruce Brown I actually thought that was a good pickup when they first got him just because I was kind of paying attention to him in uh, Detroit last year. He was starting some games for them. I know they weren't a great team, but it's like uh, he's he can he can play. And, you know, when he's just hanging around and everyone's focused on all the other guys, uh, yeah, he's going to be open. He can just score. Yeah, and he's from Massachusetts. Yeah, that's right. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. But other than that, I mean like Tyler like those are real NBA players, you know? Like Tyler Johnson, even though he's kind of a laughing stock because of that contract he signed a couple years ago where he was way overpaid. <laughs> way overpaid. But which was still, given like, by he's... the Nets and then the Heat matched it. <laughs> that's a fun Yeah, thing. and then they end up with him. I th- I think they did that with someone else too, right? Didn't they end up Oh, they, yeah, they ended up with um the Blazers guy. Oh, uh, what's his Alan name? Crabb, who's not even in the Yeah, league Alan Crabb. Yeah, Alan Crabb. <laughs> yeah. They ended up they they ended up losing him. The Blazers got him back. The Blazers hated him immediately. And I think they released him like right when they could and the Nets picked him right up. Or they traded for him, I forget, but I thought that was pretty funny that they did it again. Did but it. The, like they just have real NBA players on their team and it's it's frustrating that we just can't get the Celtics. I know I keep bringing up the Celtics, but it's frustrating that they can't kind of just get guys like that who can just come in and actually play. Yeah, it's like these are, these are the guys we need, not these these rookies who aren't doing shit. Carson Edwards. Yeah, it's it's too bad. Uh, and then Joe Harris, he's been playing well for them. I mean, I don't know what's going on with his arm. There's always scratches on it. It looks like he was attacked by a lion, but he's hitting his shots, so... It's just it's frustrating. Um, yeah, he he has a beautiful shot. He's our longest tenured player, actually. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah after losing. Yeah, Lebert. they've. I mean, they've had a lot of success the last couple of years. I feel like they always slide in as like the eighth seed in the playoffs, and they you know they were frisky a couple of years ago in the first round, but I think it ended up being the Sixers that they lost to. I forget. Or maybe the Bucks. I forget exactly who it was, but uh, I know they missed yeah, the playoffs the last Sixers. year. Sixers, twenty nineteen. It was the Sixers. Yeah, yeah, they beat. Yeah, them and, uh, that team was game. a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, they had like Ed Davis coming off the bench. D'Lo. The Harden trade just ended up being so great for them. I, at the time, I honestly thought it wasn't that good of a deal for them because I loved the way that like Levert and. Some of those guys were playing, like Jared Allen. Like it seemed like they actually had a team that made a lot of sense. They were deep. It wasn't just Kyrie and Durant. It was they had a pretty deep roster who can they can you know they were pretty flexible with who they could play at all times. And you know they kind of gave all that away for Harden. And I thought that might have been a mistake, but it 
absolutely was not because he's pretty much the best player in the league right now. I mean, he's averaging like 28, 14, and 10, right? He's in his last, like, what, ever since he joined the Nets, he's averaging a triple-double? Yeah, he's like getting a triple-double every night. It's crazy. And he just he just has such control of of the game like he, he makes such great decisions he knows when it's it's his turn to shoot it when's a good time to pass it um everyone's distracted by him they're all f- you know trying to guard him or Kyrie or paying attention to Joe Harris and then all suddenly Bruce Brown just cut to the baskets like whoop, just whips it towards him wide open it's yeah, he makes a lot of sense next to Kyrie too, which I hate. I hate how that worked out. I know. I wanted them hard, to hate hard each other. Is, yeah, that it would be, it would be so much better if they they were you know they both hated each other because just like how the Harden and Chris Paul relationship went, where Paul wanted to kind of handle the ball more, but it was basically Harden just running the show at all times. His usage rate is through the roof. But Kyrie, it seems like he likes being like a shooting guard almost, where. He kind of likes getting the ball every once in a while and just doing his, you know, ISO thing where he, you know, he's dribble godding around for 10 seconds of the shot clock, then gets up either like a deep three mid range or like a crazy acrobatic layup. And then just kind of, you know, coming in and out, I feel like that's what he likes doing. He doesn't really like the hardened role of like ball dominant, have to get all the assists, like have to run the whole offense. I don't think he likes that role. So I think it worked out for Kyrie, which I hate. Yeah, because I hate him. He's a scumbag. Yeah, when when Kyrie's the the big alpha in the room, and I think he kind of had that energy even with Durant, which is crazy since Durant's a much better player than him. But I don't know. Sometimes Durant's kind of a you know, as they say, soft personality. Um, but uh, I think when it's it's Harden and Kyrie, it's uh, Harden's the alpha. I mean, you can't really argue that you're. You're better than Harden. I mean, does he have one or two MVPs? I know he has at least one. I think he has two. Yeah, so it's like Kyrie's never been an MVP. So it's kind of like, all right, I have to defer to this guy. I'm not not happy. I'm sure he wasn't happy. I don't think he was happy with the trade. And then there's rumors that's why he was kind of like away from the team for a while. because Not surprising. He's a total drama queen. Yeah, that, that shit is so annoying. So it is weird. Like, remember that world where Stephen A. Smith said that Kyrie should retire, <laughs> and like oh, the yeah. the Nets were a disaster because Kyrie like wouldn't show up and he wasn't answering Steve Nash's text messages and like it was like chaos. And then like two weeks later, all of a sudden they're like the best team in the league and like they're all like getting along great. The NBA is so like funny like that where the. The personalities are so dynamic that it could just change at any moment. And, like, the season swings based on, like, the, the superstar players' attitudes. It's it's really interesting. Yeah, there, there's so much drama in the league now with these players and, you know, knowing their personalities and everything. It adds such a unique dynamic to everything. But, I mean, it, we're supposed to say why the Nets aren't going to win a championship this year. Uh, if we had to, you know, maybe they're about to play in uh, the Eastern Conference Finals, and suddenly everyone's like, oh, no, where did Kyrie go? <laughs> where is he? <laughs> <laughs> He's gone. He's 
He's he's on the reservation, literally. And then and then Durant gets in an argument online with one of his burner accounts. It gets revealed. TMZ reveals it. So he's sad. And then uh, you know Harden. They're like, "Where's Harden? Where did he go?" And then there's pictures of him uh, at a you know fl- at flash dancers in New York City. All night. (laughs) He somehow is in Atlanta at King of Diamonds. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's giving honey buns to little baby and a million and a hundred dollars, a hundred thousand dollars in a in a duffel bag (laughs) the night before a playoff game. Yep, yep. So you know that that's how they won't win a championship if uh, we gotta make a case. But other than that, they look not bad. I guess Blake Griffin's gonna debut today. do you think he'll be a factor at all? No, I don't. Like, uh, it's a big name, so it's obviously like a splashy trade. But I hate like the like the Bleacher Reports of the world and like all those accounts that like post like the the memes of like everyone like reacting to the Griffin trade and like being like, oh my god, the Nets are like unfair now. Like, they're a problem. When it's like the guy hasn't dunked a basketball in two basketball seasons, he can't. He's like a thirty percent three point shooter. He's not like that great at shooting threes. His his playmaking is like gone downhill because he's less mobile now. He's not really ever been a great defender, and now it's even worse, obviously, because he's less mobile. And I don't I don't really know what he brings to the table for them. Like a, like they needed someone who can guard Embiid behind Jordan. You know that losing Allen, I feel like they really needed to replace that role and he is not that and i don't really know how he makes any sense with kd on the floor it like because if he if you need i guess kd can play center in a weird way but i don't really know what he does for them he i guess he can come off the bench and like he he can play with the bench unit and like kind of be the playmaker for that unit and other than that i don't really know what he does yeah, the, anyone who's excited uh, over uh, Blake Griffin joining this team, just the, they were not watching the Pistons <laughs> for the first. No, it's like the, why do you think they wanted to get rid of him? You know what they they literally bought him out. He was like the <laughs> it got so bad they bought him out. Now all of a sudden he's going to be rejuvenated and be nasty again. I, yeah, right. No, he's he looked horrible. He's basically a spot up shooter. At this point, it's it's really weird since he wasn't a good shooter at the beginning of his career. I mean, good for him for, uh, you know, getting his shot down pat later in his career. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's really it. So, it's really yeah. sad, actually, because that first Pistons year, he was incredible. So it's it's it really, I mean, that that's got to be one of the biggest falls off a cliff I've seen from a star player. Yeah, that that was pretty pretty drastic, and he was playing through uh, an injury in the first round of that uh, that playoff series, uh, twenty nineteen. So you gotta wonder if like he really <laughs> hurt his body even more, like trying to play through the pain. It looks like that might be the case. He must have. He dragged them to the playoffs. I mean, that year was probably his best statistical year, I think, I remember. And um, But then it just, you know, all fell apart, and now he's he completely useless. Uh, have you seen that stat that he hasn't dunked a basketball in, I, I think, since, like, 2018? Oh, yeah. I, I've I've heard about it. <laughs> it's, it's so weird. Like he, in a, in a, which is so weird for him. He, he would have, like, 5 to 12 dunks a game when he was in his prime. 
that seems like a lifetime ago now. Jumping over a, a Kia and everything. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he, he was one of the OG dunk contests when it got it when it actually got interesting yeah so yeah no i'm with you i think he'll probably just come off the bench and uh you know do a couple you know get like eight points maybe something like that give him give him a little something but probably no more than 20 minutes a game yeah like they're he's not going to crack their last two uh i would say last three minute five man rotation right it's going to be Kyrie harden Durant, Joe Harris, and probably DeAndre. Yeah, maybe DeAndre, and, or if, like the matchup really works with Durant playing center. Maybe they'll throw in uh, yeah Brown or something. I I bet they're gonna get another guy too. They have uh, two open roster spots actually, and I don't know if Andre Drummond gets bought out. Does he go there? I I, I think I think he might if he gets bought out. I think it would make sense for him to go to Lakers because both Davis and uh, LeBron are injured right now. So you know, yeah, he would. That would be a perfect spot for him because he he needs that like playoff run where he doesn't have to be the guy, but he's like you know he's. I know it sounds dumb, but like he's on TV. Like he's like pe- like I feel like he would like people to actually watch him play basketball because they haven't in <laughs> his whole career since UConn. Basically, he's always. I don't think he's really. He, I don't think he's won a playoff game. I'd be surprised if he's won a playoff game, but um, he, I think he needs to be in like the limelight like that. I think that'd be good for his career. Yeah, he, he would definitely take that. Um, so, yeah, him, Aldridge might get bought out, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. Not, not too many other buyout guys. Possibly Otto Porter Jr. I don't think he's a difference maker, though. Uh, that, that'd be something if... Uh, Otto Porter Jr. goes to the Nets after getting that contract offer that was matched by the Wizards. That would complete the trifecta, pretty much. Getting Alan Crabb, Tyler Johnson, Otto Porter. Yeah, holy cow, they were aggressive that year. <laughs> they yeah. threw they threw offers at every like, you know, you know, below like the that group of like good players that aren't like elite that were still demanding good contracts. They just tried to get all of those guys, and they really screwed over those teams while doing it too. I mean, the Wizards got completely screwed by that. The Blazers are still kind of suffering from that. Oh, they definitely. And are. the Heat really didn't want to keep Tyler Johnson on that deal. Yeah, I think they like had immediately. They had I don't know why they did. A first rounder, I think, to get off of him. Or something. Yeah, which is, I just don't understand with those restricted. I don't know why they let those. Like it's weird that they kept them. You know, it, it seemed like all three of those guys just immediately. Well, Otto Porter Jr. I think lasted maybe a little longer in the key rotation, but those guys didn't even stand a chance. Like from year day one, it's weird that they even held on to them. Yeah, yeah. Otto Porter's making twenty eight million dollars. That's just I know some of the contracts are crazy, dude. Yeah. Tyler Johnson was getting like twenty five million to sit on the couch last year. That's unbelievable. Yeah, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the Nets win the title because I think they match up really well against the Bucks. They match up really well against every team in the East. The Sixers are the one team though that I think could bother them a little bit just because of how Simmons, how good Simmons has been on defense and. 
if Embiid can get back to being healthier, they don't really have a guy other than DeAndre that can kind of go toe-to-toe with him and on defense. So that that matchup would be really interesting. To answer, yeah, to do the, the show's you know theme, the Celtics will not win a title. And the Nets could win a title. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're... they're... They're probably going to win a title, but I guess we have to say they won't. I don't know. Whatever. This this year sucks for us. That's uh, that's where I'm at. It really does. I could go on and on about the Celtics. I mean, I, I feel like there's so many things we didn't even like with Stevens. Did you see all the Stevens rumors about oh, how he's going to go back to Indiana? Yeah, I think yeah. that's like kind of an organized troll, but it's also kind of frightening. Mm. And... um. You know, it just, I just, I, there's, it could really go downhill. I mean, Tatum and Brown, they, they could get unhappy quick, and they are definitely the guys that would not play through a contract unhappy. They would demand a trade. I feel like that seems like just who they are. Yeah, I could see so, Tatum doing that in a second. I don't think yep. he has much loyalty to Boston. Brown, it seems, you know, like he has a, a lot of character. Um, mm hmm. Maybe maybe behind the scenes he'd try and orchestrate something, but uh, you know you wouldn't pull a James Harden, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I don't think we'd have anyone that would go to that extent. But I, I think it would be great for Tatum and Brown to have. If I don't think Kemba makes sense for those two guys, I, I think you need to get a guy closer to their age who can be a playmaker and actually develop with them. I don't. I think that's the only way it really makes sense going forward. Well, I know the Celtics are on right now, so uh, I don't know. I guess. Yeah. Uh, by the way, before before we leave, have you seen the nicknames on Basketball Reference? Yeah, there's some crazy nicknames on there. They're so bad. <laughs> <laughs> there's, are these real? Like, I just yeah, looked I, up James Harden's stats, and it, it come it shows up. His nicknames are El Chapo and Jimbo Slice. Uh, I've never like that, that can't those. be real. Like, they're no. <laughs> I think the guys who run just... the website are just messing with us. <laughs> Seriously, I don't. I, I always notice that. I'm like, that. That's not a nickname, right? Yeah. Like, oh my god, dude! Is it, isn't the Ky- beard his nickname? Like, a <laughs> yeah, the beard was the first one, yeah. and then those last two were the next ones. The the Kyrie nicknames are Uncle Drew, Ankle Taker, World B Flat, and Kai. <laughs> World B Flat is actually hilarious. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, he should he should like kind of take that one and run with it. That that's actually like a super funny i i feel like that'd be i would actually have a little more respect for him if he was a little self-deprecating and self-aware like that where he could take that and be like yeah this is actually kind of funny nah his ego can't handle that unfortunately no he's probably so offended by that yeah oh my god post star wars credits on his instagram (laughs) (laughs) i'm done with this this has got to stop (laughs) Oh man, my people, come together. This isn't fair. Uh screw you, Kyrie. Uh screw this season. Uh yeah, let's uh let's watch the Celtics lose their fourth straight. <laughs>